What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. trying that's all i can do all any of us i can we can do am i right well today's a big day uh donald trump has become the first former president in the history of the united states of america to be criminally indicted we'll know more in a little while about what the exact nature of the charges is but this grand jury has been leaking like a sieve and it's being reported that uh, there that he's going to be charged with 34 felony counts. Now, uh, here to break this down for us, we have a fascinating individual that knows what every aspect of the courtroom is like and every aspect of a jail cell is like. Don Crispino had a very, very prominent legal career. He was a graduate of Georgetown Law School and was doing really well in New York City as an attorney. And all the while, he also had a career as an activist, ran uh, for state assembly as a Republican about 30 years ago, did very well and uh, really got a charge out of running for state assembly and representing Republicans in Manhattan and said, you know what, I'm actually going to run for Manhattan district attorney. And you know what the Manhattan district attorney at the time did? They said, oh, well, we're going to indict you. And indict them they did, and to prison he went, uh, came out of prison, served some time in what some people say is even tougher than prison. He was a radio talk show host, then uh, did a couple of other interesting things, went back to prison, and now he's out and he's able to provide some legal analysis as he does uh, so often. Very, very pleased to welcome Dom Crispino, ex-attorney and ex-felon. Hello there, Dom. Good morning. 
Hey, Frank, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing better than uh, than uh, somebody that uh, that is about to be arraigned in uh, in Manhattan court today, and that's uh, that's Donald Trump. I want to get your take on what we know about the uh, the Trump case, but there's two aspects of the before we get to the case itself. Two aspects of sort of the behind the scenes that I want you to uh, to comment on. Yesterday, uh, we learned that the Trump team had hired a a new attorney, a uh, Todd Blanche, former federal prosecutor, considered a a white-collar criminal defense attorney par excellence. Now, the attorney that has been all over the place, on TV, on radio, all over the place, advocating for Trump on the airwaves, has been Joe Tacopina. And I think he's done a very good job making a compelling case why these charges are bogus. If Todd Blanche is the guy that does the arraignment today, and if he's the guy uh, front and center, he's going to be known as essentially the main Trump attorney in this case. Is that, and as someone that's been an attorney and a criminal defendant yourself, is that a little bit of a slap in the face to Joe Tacopina? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, it was news to me. I mean, Joe Tacopina is uh, is A1, you know? Uh, and especially with uh, with the the, uh, the demographics of uh, of the state system and the kind of juries you'd get in the Manhattan or in other counties. I mean, it may not be in Manhattan, and we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a puzzler. I mean, uh, it just I mean, he he left Cadwallader, Wickersham, and Taft. I mean, to, he resigned his partnership to take this. So he's not doing this to be second chair. That's for sure. He's going to be running the show. Um, I think it could be they're afraid that Takapina might have a conflict of interest. I see. Um, okay. Well, I, uh, I I have to think, though, that even if President Trump wanted to make a change, you could have let Takapina at least handle the arraignment. I mean, tomorrow, I mean, as I understand it, the arraignment is almost pro forma. I've seen a lot of arraignments. It almost is like reading from a script. I mean, I could do it. Why not let Takapina at least handle that? He's been such a warrior on the airwaves. And then if you wanted to make a change and make this guy Todd Blanche the lead guy, then have him handle the trial uh, if it gets to that point. Well, the only the only thing I could think of is that uh, knowing the, uh, the 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 beast we're dealing with, um, and, and I mean that in the, mo- the most lovable way, um, uh, Donald Trump is kind of impulsive, and I, I think he probably feels, hey, if I'm going to hire the guy, he should be in from day one. Mm-hmm. Well, That's the well, only thought I have, because otherwise I can't I can't make sense of that. We'll see uh, where where it goes. Now, uh, the judge in this case, it was up to him and his discretion whether he was going to allow uh, video cameras in the courtroom today for the arraignment. He has decided not to. Uh, I'm hoping he'll have a, a change of heart for the uh, for the, the trial itself. But if it goes to trial, we'll see. But um, I, what, what's your view on the issue of cameras in the courtroom, Dom? Oh, we need them. We need them. I think it's a, it's, it serves as a check. Uh, against the stuff that goes on in the in the in the courtrooms and still go and stuff that still goes on in New York, uh, definitely for transparency. I think we need that. Um, as in this particular case, he probably thinks that you know he can avoid a circus at this point, you know. And but it's already a circus. I mean, how many other criminal cases in Manhattan? How many other arraignments have massive protests on both sides of it outside? It's already a circus. Yeah, and the closing floors in the courthouse. They're uh, that's it's uh, that's it's unprecedented. Right. I, I'd just be curious to know 
what circus-like atmosphere is being avoided by not having the cameras in the courtroom today? It makes no sense to me. Uh, talking with Dom Crispino. All right, um, let's talk about the charges. Obviously, we'll know more a little bit later today when these charges are officially unsealed. But based on what's being reported, uh, Dom, uh, what are what's your take on uh, what we're looking at here? All right, well, it seems to be a, fa- a fairly cut-and-dried uh, uh, falsifying business records case. Now, the, the thing is, there's, there's, everybody's making a big deal about there being 30 counts. I mean, that's what they do in Manhattan. Each, each check will be a count, and, and, and there'll be different versions of it. They'll charge a misdemeanor and a felony at the same time for the same thing. So you have to really break that down. I mean, for example, one of my three indictments in Manhattan in the late 90s had 84 counts. But it was a, tra- it was, it was a business transaction that, that had maybe like 10 people, 12 people in it. I see. It's just that they'll charge you for the larceny. They'll charge you for criminal possession of the of stolen property, which is the money from the larceny. They'll charge you for the instrument you filed in order to get the larceny and the stolen property. You know, it's like, it's like you know, it's just like multiplication. It's like rabbits, you know. So uh, one of the things that I was curious about, and I raised this with our legal panel on on Friday, and people had varying views is how they get around this statute of limitations issue. If the checks were written uh, back in 2017, how do they get around the five-year felony statute of limitations on this? Well, yes, and also the two-year statute of limitations on the misdemeanors. Um, Well, they're hanging their hat on a provision of the law that when a defendant leaves the jurisdiction, the statute's told, uh, and by told means it's suspended for that time. Um, it's not entirely clear. Anybody given an opinion on this? We really are in uncharted territory here. There are some cases, but those are usually cases where a defendant has absented himself and gone on the run. Uh, it's not a case where we knew where the defendant was all the time or still had a residence in the state, even if he wasn't a resident of New York State. See, Trump declared he was a Florida resident at a certain point. So they're hanging their hat on that. I don't know if that really works. The problem is, For Donald Trump, if that's the only thing he has going for him, is the judge will rule against him. Uh, Meaning if the statute of limitations is the only thing he has going for him, the judge will rule rule against him? Right. He's got a lot more than that. But I'm just saying if that's the only thing he had, the judge will rule against him and let the appellate court sort it out if he's convicted. I see. Uh, Judge Marchand is not making law on this. Now, uh, Judge Merchan, uh, based on what I've heard from lawyers that have appeared before him and other criminal court judges in Manhattan, seems to have a, a pretty a, a pretty good reputation uh, in terms of calling balls and strikes, not really considered uh, an avowed partisan uh, one way or another. It, what do you think the judge will do? I'm sure that there will be a motion to dismiss, uh, not only in the statute of limitations issue, but on a bunch of other issues. How do you think the judge rules on that? No, he'll, he's going to deny those motions. I already know. Even if, I mean, I've heard I've heard the arguments that Joe Tacopina made, other attorneys have made. I've read a bunch of articles, from, even some scholars. Um, I know this statute very well because I was charged under this statute, and I read every case. Wh- which statute? While I was Don, away. Which statute? The, the uh, falsifying business records. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the first degree, which is the felony, uh, and second degree, which is the misdemeanor, and the upgrade between the misdemeanor. Well, the, the, the basic thing is you're, you're either entering, uh, entering records, altering records, or making records with an intent of defraud. That's the misdemeanor. And it graduates to a felony if you also are doing it in furtherance of, a, of another crime or to conceal another crime. 
So it's two parts. So everybody's making a big deal about this intent of the fraud. The intent of the fraud in the case law in New York is so broadly construed that uh, there's only like two cases where it's gone the other way. And arguably those cases were really like unique. Um, and they don't seem to be the kind of situation that Trump is in. So um, I can't see that the uh, the base offense, the misdemeanor getting thrown out, you know, aside from statute of limitations. Um, and then there's the part of concealing and furtherance of another, concealing or furthering another crime. That's the thing where they're talking about the campaign finance stuff. And it's an open question as to whether or not using a federal act, a federal crime, uh, fits the statute. Arguably, it does. I don't think Merchan will make new law on that. He would leave it to the appellate division to deal that with that. So I think the chances of this case being tossed out, if they aren't zero, they're very close to zero. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. You alluded to the change of venue possibility. Alan Dershowitz and others, mostly Trump supporters, uh, have claimed that, uh, not that Dershowitz is a Trump supporter, but most of the people that have said that the venue should be changed out of Manhattan because uh, Trump got only 12 percent of the vote there. Most of those folks you know, tend to be Trump supporters and have said it would be right. better if there were uh, a venue like Staten Island, which was yeah. a little bit more uh, a little bit more even in terms of the possible makeup of the jury. Uh, Trump won yeah. Staten Island, but he didn't win it overwhelmingly. He got about 57 yeah. percent of the vote. So chances are a jury coming from Staten Island would have a good mix of Trump supporters and non-Trump supporters. Do, do you see the defense making that motion here? And how do you see the judge ruling on that? It would be malpractice for the defense not to make that motion. Mm-hmm. And the, they, Dershowitz and, and everybody else is talking about this is right, but they're right for the wrong reason. It's not Trump's getting votes. It's whether or not Trump can get a fair trial. That's the issue. And there's a controlling case in the first department of the appellate division, which is the, court, the appellate court over Manhattan. So that's the controlling precedent. Uh, the name of the case is People versus Boss. Kenneth Boss was one of the uh, the the four cops who shot Amadou Diallo uh, 41 times in the Bronx, the famous case. And they, they made a motion to change venue from the Bronx, uh, saying that uh, they took a poll and it shows that they could not get a fair trial. People believe they're guilty already. They made certain assumptions about certain issues, which are key issues in the trial. And they had polling questions on that. And despite the fact they were even beyond the 45-day limit to make the motion, they, the, the appellate division granted it and moved it to Albany. It, moved it, from, uh, it wouldn't move it to an interim county like Westchester. It, wanted, it said this is an urban case. It should be moved to an urban county. So the choice was Syracuse, Rochester, or Albany, and they chose Albany. That precedent controls here. So the, what the attorneys have to do here is they have to do some polling. Not just saying, you know, they, we lost the election, only got 12 percent. But that, that doesn't tell you anything. I mean, people can vote for all sorts of different reasons. Sure, and still be fair in theory. That's correct. And there's a big, uh, there's a big swath of the population that doesn't vote if you look at registered voters, especially in places like Manhattan. Sure. Um, so what you have to do is you have to, you have to prove your case. Now, they, they require you to do it within 45 days. But so you do is you, you get the you get the you get the Fox, you got the polling that already exists and make the motion and you do further polling. So what can happen is the judge at that point. Well, you, you can you can you can ask the judge to do it himself. 
But he may defer that to jury selection and try to question jurors to bring out whether or not they're biased or not. But what they did in the boss case was they went to the appellate division after trying a couple of times with the judge. And the appellate division, on their own, well, not on their own, pursuant to the motion, agreed with them. Uh, I I think there's no way Trump gets a fair trial in Manhattan. Uh, And he he can't get a fair trial in the city, except that Staten Island probably would be a good choice. My guess is if you're going to change venue, it would be Staten Island. Same city. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You know, it's still urban, even though Staten Island is not as urban as Manhattan, for example. Um, But, you know, I can't see him moving it to Albany or, you know, any place like that. So if it's going to happen, I would place my money on Staten Island. And I think it should happen because... Who, who's going to who's going to acquit Trump in this case? You know, in Manhattan, it's not going to happen. Well, um, and so uh, we'll see where the, this goes. And uh, you got to come back and help us chronicle this. Uh, two final questions, though, uh, Dom. One, we know that there are uh, three or four other potential criminal investigations here. The documents case, the Georgia case, something maybe related to January 6th. If you're the other prosecutors considering bringing charges here, most analysts have said this is the weakest of the four possible cases that Trump could be facing. If you're the other prosecutors, are you happy with what Bragg is doing? Are you happy that someone else is going first and can bear the slings and arrows and uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greene protests? Or are you upset that the first bite at the apple is going to someone that a lot of people perceive as having the weakest case? (laughs) Hey, that cuts two ways, and you just laid out exactly how it cuts. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the, uh, the the special counsel looking at the documents case, uh, or at the uh, what's going on with the uh, the alleged insurrection of January 6th, I mean, I'm sure he would have loved to have been first. But you're right. I mean, Bra- Bragg's case, you know, they, they call it the weakest, but you know, I got to tell you, uh, I, I I had some cases of my own. I thought that I could win, and you just don't know. You don't know what happens when you put it in front of like 12 strangers, um, especially in Manhattan. So, I mean, they they, they, they could get the conviction. But I, I just, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, Bragg is first, but Bragg may not be first, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'm Crispino. Appreciate it very much. Let's talk again soon. And uh, glad you're doing well. Stay out of prison so we can keep using you on the radio. You got You got 10 seconds? Yeah, please. All right. I'm going I'm to be uh, leading the Rikers debate team at uh, Johns Hopkins on, uh, on, uh, on the 13th of this month. They're be debating uh, medical issue, gain-of-function research on viruses. Just want to let you know that. And uh, I've been advocating for a guy named Ron Plaza in the Bronx, who's, uh, who uh, they withheld evidence on, and the case is going to be reversed. And I'm, I'm advocating for him not to get retried. And... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there, Frank. All right. So if people want to see that uh, Rikers uh, debate situation. How can they do that? Uh, they have to get to uh, Johns Hopkins. Uh, oh, Johns or Hopkins. they can contact you. I'm not on social media right now because I'm still on parole. Yeah, you're smarter Once than the I'm rest of us. Parole, believe me. I will emerge from the water like Godzilla. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thank you.
If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, this is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 